Thank you. And we'll continue also in reading the same passage in our English Bibles, Psalm 107, verses 1 through 9. Let's hear God's word. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? He is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So joy in reuniting, or you can say joy in reunion. You know, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, really it's a, it's a day of thanksgiving to the Lord. It's like a, you could say it's like a deliverance, a deliverance for us as God's people. Just as we see in this psalm, it's a psalm of thanksgiving for deliverance, for the rescue that God has given, uh, his intervention in the life of the, of the churches. And it's a, a joyful occasion that we can reunite here in a beginning way as God's people. Well, this is very different because I'm so used to staring into a camera. <laughs> but anyway, um, we have experienced in the last three months the, the virus and its effects. And even among us, it was a very personal thing for a number of people. Some were very severely affected. We prayed and prayed. And then you have this thing of staying at home and staying at home for work, staying at home for school, staying at home for church, for worship. And no doubt we are so thankful for the techies here who were able to set us up for this. So this is a wonderful provision of the Lord as well. There's so much to give thanks to the Lord for. And, oh, wow. The third thing is, yeah, the feeling of isolation. The feeling of isolation and its effects. You know, anxiety for loved ones and not being not being able to visit them, right? There's there's so much that has gone on in the three months that uh, we look back and you say, wow, it's an entire spring, an entire spring season. And it's not a complaint because we know it comes from the hand of the Lord. This all comes from the hand of the Lord. He's the one that directed all of this in spite of all the, the angst and the anxieties. It's a time to look to him and to give him thanks. You know, on the reopening of our church this day, we really come to a beautiful psalm of thanksgiving. There's many psalms of thanksgiving we could turn to. We could done Psalm 84 today, too. Um, there's better ones than this, probably, but I thought this is a good one to focus on for us today. God's people come together after a long time being away from one another. In this psalm, God's people who were in exile, exile means that they were they were taken away. They were taken away from the church. They were taken away from their 
worship center and they were brought into captivity into other lands. And now after, in this case, after 70 years, I mean, we're talking through it, after 70 years, they're now returning. They're now returning to come together because the Lord had redeemed them and now the Lord brings them back. We share in that same experience. Mind you, in a little way, having tasted the deliverance of the Lord in this way. So in light of this psalm, we may echo that joy of reuniting as God's people. You could say the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? Jesus. Jesus is the bridegroom, and he comes to meet with his bride, the church. And that's what's really going on here. There's, that, that's, that explains the joy. The bridegroom meeting personally with his gathered bride, with his gathered congregation. It's a special day. A special day. In some ways, it's kind of like a husband reuniting with his wife after being gone for a long time. And yes, we have social distance, uh, distancing measures in place. And those are the things that we work with. And it's probably very wise. It is very wise at this time to do that. So in light of the joy of reuniting, we're going to see a few things in this psalm. We're going to see in verses 1, 2, and 3 the call. Really, it's a call to give thanks to the Lord. And 2, we're going to see the cause, or you can say the reason for giving thanks. And then and we're going to spend about 40 words on the culmination because that's really the, the height of everything. But we can say it in a very quick way, the culmination in giving thanks. But the call to give thanks, so clearly laid out in uh, verse 1. Look at verse 1. Notice how it begins. Oh! I mean, when you think, when you hear the word oh, you think of exclamation. You think of something that's very, uh, hey, I'm getting your attention. This is something marvelous. This is something amazing. Oh! Verse 1 begins. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? He's good. He's good all the time. That's number one. And it gives another thing there too. For his mercy endures forever. In Israel's case, it was really difficult for them. They were chastised. They were disciplined by the Lord because they had walked away from the Lord. They forgot about him. They disobeyed him. And that's why they were in exile. That's why they were gone from the house of the Lord for a long time. In distant lands, away from home. Now, we should not say our situation is exactly like that of Israel's back then. But we know, we know from the word of God that the virus does not come by chance. It didn't come by luck. Neither did, the, neither did the devil send it. Satan did not send the virus. He can use the virus to bring fear and panic. But the Lord also uses it to draw people closer to him. Repentance and faith. God in his sovereign wisdom, in his sovereignty, has sent this. Not only to Canada, but worldwide. And it's been a trying time for the church worldwide, everywhere, in every country. 
it's been a trying and a testing time for the church. And being away from the church, as this psalm says, is like being away from home. Verse 4, it's the dwelling place of God. It's like being away from home. It's a separation. And now comes the call to give thanks. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. What's his mercy? His mercy is his loving kindness. The sense here, the sense here, understand that the, the, the meaning behind the word mercy here is that the Lord bends himself. I mean, here's the creator, the mighty one of the universe. He bends himself to his sinful people. He inclines himself towards us, his covenant people. He stoops down, as it were, like a, a father to his child, although the, the distance is so much greater. He stoops down in his love to people who don't deserve any of it. In spite of all our sins, he stoops down. Why? Because of his covenant promises. Nothing to do with us. It's simply because of his promises, his covenant promises in Christ Jesus. He remembers. He stoops down. Because he remembers that binding relationship he has established with his people. That binding relationship of love. He stoops down. He picks up his people again. Calling them to faithfulness. To faith in Christ. His mercy. Is for a short time? No. It's forever. All of a sudden. By mid-March. In an unexpected way. The whole world was in turmoil from a little, little tiny bug. A bug you cannot see. This virus also impacted our congregation. We prayed and prayed and prayed. We have somebody sitting here who had the virus very badly. We know others close to us. Some almost died. It impacted us. We prayed. We prayed. We, we shared our concerns with our mother church in Wyoming. They prayed. They called. How are they doing? They asked them by name. How are they doing? We prayed for healing. Whew. The Lord brought it. He brought deliverance. It's, 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 you know, it's, that's the amazing thing about uh, God's people, right? He delivers us in a big way in Christ, but with that comes all these little deliverances that come along the way for which we may give him thanks. We prayed regularly also for the reopening of the churches. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there was a lot of work going on in this province. You didn't hear this on the media, but there was a lot of work behind the scenes from the churches, a number of churches uh, writing letters, pleading with the government. It was a time for self-reflection for many people, for many Christians. Many Christians were asking, why, Lord? Why? And then there was an article that was posted that was floating around to the different Reformed churches. And this author had written, well, maybe the Lord doesn't miss our worship. Maybe the Lord had enough of it. 
there was a lot of time for self-reflection. Maybe we've become too casual in our worship. Maybe too complacent in our worship. Church leaders, nonetheless, pleaded with the Lord. Congregations prayed in our province, and they began organizing, writing letters to our civil authorities, to the office of the medical officer, applying pressure for reopening the churches. One letter received signatures, get this, from over 400 churches. So 400 churches. I mean, that represents a lot of people. The point is not how strong we are. The point is how strong God is. And the Lord used and blessed the efforts of his praying people. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Give thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. You know, the psalmist goes on to say in verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell it. Share it. You know, we live in, a, in, a, in, a, in our neighborhoods, in our society. There's so much panic. There's still so much fear. There's still so much despair. And a lot of it is because they have no hope. But something like this, this stunned the media, the opening of the churches. Why? Because the Lord intervening. And people are surprised and amazed. But as God's people, we can share what the Lord has done. The wonderful hands, the wonderful works of the Lord in all this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Certainly we, we speak of our salvation in Christ, but all those other little deliverances that come with that. This is our testimony. The Lord is good. We could say that. His mercy endures forever. This is your God who intervenes on our behalf. Psalm 62 says, To you, O Lord, belongs mercy. You know, we were away for a time, and now we come back together. In our own way, we share in that same joy of reuniting as God's people did back in Psalm 107. Verses 2 and 3. Again, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And then it continues, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. See here, he has redeemed. Two things, redeemed and gathered. And this is what he continues to do all throughout the world. From the east and from the west and from the south and from the north, God continues to gather his people. Even as this virus has hit the world worldwide, you see the Lord continuing to, to bless the church and bring the church back together again. The gathering of God's people from exile points to and culminates in a greater uh, gathering in Christ. Think of him. I mean, think of the one in whom we have redemption. Think of the one in whom uh, we find our gathering. It's in Christ. He's the one who bought, bought us with his precious blood and now not only that, but brings us back together. A couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Pentecost. Christ, by his spirit, was poured out upon the church. And there you see him beginning in a big way, how he's gathering the peoples from all the four corners of the earth, north, south, east, and west. God in his grace and his loving kindness 
has redeemed his people from the hand of the enemy. And who's the ultimate hand of the enemy? Who's that enemy? Sin and Satan. He did so in Christ, who gave his life as the perfect sacrifice for our sins and arose again arose again from the dead to, to forgive us and to gather us into his body. There's no greater redemption than to know that we're delivered, redeemed from a sin we can never deliver ourselves from, from a death we can never deliver ourselves from. And that's Christ. He can. That's our greatest need. Our greatest need is redemption from the hand of the enemy, and that is Satan and death. Yes, even, even if someone were to die from the virus, even then, you know, the Lord is the one. In Christ, we know that, uh, we who believe in Christ, we know that even then, he has redeemed us and given us life. Oh, so much a call here to trust the Lord. Oh, give thanks. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You see, so many calls in here. Tell of the Lord's wonderful works. Yes, in light of the great redemption that we have in Christ, we can speak often so personally about the little redemptions, the little deliverances that the Lord brings into our own personal lives and also as a life as a congregation. And this is one of them for which we give thanks to God today. The joy of reuniting. The Lord made it possible. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. And how he has brought us from all different directions. Yeah, in a certain sense in our neighborhood. From the north, south, east, and west. Bring us together today in this location. This is the Lord's loving kindness. He is good. Give thanks. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's the call. Like the call. And that brings us to verses 4 through 9. The cause for giving thanks. Well, we've touched on that already, but it even goes in a deeper way here. Verse 2 touches on the cause. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. But now verses 4, 5, 6, and 7 expand on and builds on this so that God's people may still break out in even greater thanks. You see verses 8 and 9? Verse 8 almost starts like verse 1 again. <laughs> but he's just going to expand on it. Expand on how the, the, the dire straits of God's people, the, 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 the terrible situation they were in, but also the wonder of God's deliverance. We hear of their difficult, we hear of their story. It's a story of struggle that the Israel, God's people had experienced in exile. It was difficult. It was dark days. It was like a dark cloud hanging over them for 70 years. And there they were under God's frowning providence, under his hand of chastisement. See verses 4 and 5? They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, no home, hungry, thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. You see, picture the wide range of words given here. 
of their hardship, lost, right? They wandered in the way, hungry, thirsty, exhausted. I mean, they were fainting. But you know, they knew they had the Lord, though, in that. They had the Lord's covenant. They had his promises. That's the one that they could always appeal to. They cried. That was the result. Because of the Lord's goodness, they cried out to him. Verse 6 and 7. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They prayed and prayed. That's the sense of crying here. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. He was the one they could go to in all their lostness and loneliness and hunger and thirst, exhaustion. And then we hear the testimony of the Lord's deliverance. And he delivered. And the Lord intervened. He, as if with his mighty hand, just took them out in a marvelous, most powerful way out of their distresses. And what did he do? He didn't leave them there. He led them forth, it says here, by the right way that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. You know, people feel that in our nation too. They feel this way. They feel like this. Lost, hungry, thirsty, exhausted, scared, full of panic. That also affects God's people. No doubt, the Lord, though, hears our cries. And we can bear testimony to God's mercy. The Lord has delivered. Also, those among us who are very ill. And, you know, we share in your thanks. In the Lord's goodness. To us and to you. And the same can be said for those who cry to the Lord for the reopening of the churches. One pastor with great emotion writes, he says it this way, the answers to the prayers of thousands of Christians in Ontario over the last several months. He says, heaven has heard us. Though it's at 30% limit, we can pause for a moment of celebration and thanksgiving to our God who has remembered us. Yeah, we're so dependent on the Lord for his mercies and blessings. We can ask, well, what about tomorrow? But you know, the Lord has given us this day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes, you know, it takes times of chastisement. The frowning providences of God to bring us closer together, to bring us closer to him, and to make us appreciate all the more his goodness and his loving kindness. Sometimes distance makes us rethink and reevaluate our lives. And it puts us into a position where we realize, Lord, my love was getting a little bit cool towards you. And only you can warm up that flame inside of me. In his love, he reunites us. We hear anew the Savior, his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who reunites us. In the midst of the lostness, he is the way. In the midst of hunger and thirst, he is the bread of life. 
and he's the water of life. In the midst of exhaustion, he's the rest. The way, bread, the water of life, and the other thing, rest. You see all the opposites in Christ. He's the one who offers himself to us as all of these. So yeah, you know, we come to Jesus, how? In faith, trusting in him. Oh, we have so many things wrong with us. A lot of sins, many sins. But we come to him in faith knowing that God is so good. He's so merciful and he forgives our sins in Christ, and he continues to gather and strengthen his people. So many people experience horrors by day and terrors by night. But Jesus says, I have come to bring you home, that you may have that drink, that you may have that life, that you may have that bread and that rest. You know, this causes us almost to break out, therefore, with even greater thanksgiving And the greater prayer that many others who don't know God, that the prayer is that they would also share in that same deliverance, that ultimate deliverance that we have experienced in Christ. You hear their shout of thanksgiving. Look at verses 8 and 9. 8, in some ways, uh, repeats verse 1, but it even intensifies. After hearing the story, after sharing the story, they're asking, you know, the nations, let them also celebrate the wonders of God. Verses 8 and 9. Oh, there it is again. Oh, that you would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Why? Because he satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. A couple things from this. It's really a time to share the good news, isn't it? People are so lost and frightened. People are troubled. But uh, we're called to share. Share the hope in the midst of the fear. The works of the Lord are marvelous. They're wonderful. And second thought, second thing here is it's okay and it's wise to live with social distancing measures during this time. It is wise to be cautious It's responsible. It's loving. And that's of the Lord as well. That we come together with these measures in place. Among us as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, there are going to be so many different opinions among us. Some people will say, in other churches too, some people will say, well, the church opened way too early. Some say the church should have never closed. You're going to have differences of opinion. Some will be extra cautious. Some will be less cautious. But remember this. All, all of God's people are equally loved in Christ, whom he bought with his precious blood. And that's why it's so important during this time as we work through the the uh, yeah the the opportunities to to come back together it's so important that we exercise patience 
and we exercise love towards one another, towards one another as members at this time. It's so important that we pray for one another, that we encourage one another with the bread, with the water of life, with the rest. The words of Ephesians 4 encourage us to walk with all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The Lord is good, isn't he? His mercy is enduring. It endures forever. He has delivered us. He has reunited us. The first Sunday today after almost three months. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. That others would share in this and experience this as well. In this psalm, then, we hear the call to give thanks. We hear the cause for giving thanks, and finally, just very briefly, the culmination in giving thanks. And this is one simple point. What is the culmination? The culmination of giving thanks occurs in the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. That's home. The fellowship of God's people. That's a taste of heaven. The Lord gathered his people. Where did he bring them? Verse 4. He brought them to a city to dwell in. That city to dwell in is really a picture, an Old Testament picture of the church today in Jesus Christ. What joy there is in reuniting. And therefore, let's go back to verse 1. We can go back to verse 1. And can we say it together as a congregation? Let's, let's confess together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen.